Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. Are you gonna love them or hate them? Here comes the binge. Hey everybody, welcome to the Binge Movie Podcast, in which a couple of homos review the latest movie theater releases from our own queer-ass perspectives. I am Jason Leroy. And I'm Rebecca Olarte, and today we're going to take a look at two movies, Captain America, Civil War, and Viva. And as always, we're going to rate these movies on a three-tiered scale, with Binge it being our highest rating. Consume in moderation means it's okay, but it's kind of meh, and send it back means... Life's too short for that mess. Sure is. Jason, what is up with you? Well, thank you for asking. Uh, So this past weekend, I had a pretty cool thing happen. I got to meet up with one of our listeners. Oh. Yes. uh, One of the bots we hired to listen to our... Yes, yes. The bot became sentient and and tracked me down. It was actually very frightening. (laughs) Uh, No, no. It was a real sweet guy named Grant. uh, And he was in town covering the San Francisco International Film Festival, which is happening right now and which is ongoing and which I have just been flat out neglectful about. Um, I ran a preview about it on the website, thebinge.us, but we have not talked about it on here. I barely participated at all. Uh, Grant, however, uh, was out here from Denver, and he saw so many things in just two days. And he posted a lot about it on his Twitter. So if you want some great hot takes on the best of the San Francisco International Film Festival, look up our friend Grant on Twitter at grantman2011. Grantman two zero one one. So, it was really cool. It was the first time that uh that I've had a listener who I didn't know personally uh, reach out and say hey. And uh, so thank you, Grant. And just know that we will always be receptive to. <laughs> we're 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 susceptible to those who would like to speak to us about our podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we always talk about Twitter, but uh, we're happy to meet up in person. Oh yeah, no, you have like we are here to be used <laughs> by mm-hmm. our listeners. Uh, we are here to 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 greet. And and meet. Uh, so. <laughs> this is just a way to make new friends. We are so sick of each other. Yes, exactly. It's it's the tension in this room, guys. <laughs> you wouldn't believe. So <laughs> if you could just get someone else in here with us, then it would relieve a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. What's Joshua doing? <laughs> what is Joshua doing, that sweetheart? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's what's up with me. What's up with you, Rebecca? Um, so I was going to go with, I spent the last weekend and first couple days of this week in Palm Springs, which yeah. was really relaxing and super fun. But what I'm actually going to go with is on my way here, um, I took a new way, and it dropped me off in the Castro. And right now they're filming a movie in the Castro. They are? Um, yeah. They were move- filming it in, in, at Civic Center last week. And I saw huh. a bit of that setup. They had like, it's a... Um, is this the miniseries about... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. About the, the Gustin uh, Sant produced miniseries about the 70s, San Francisco, the white, the white Night riots. riots yeah. yeah. So when I was downtown last week, they had... You know, like all the old police cars set mm-hmm. up and a lot of old cars. That was pretty cool. And then today, like on the corner of Castro and 18th, they had, um, I think it used to be like a falafel shop, but now I think it's empty. So on the inside, they put all like hand-painted signs like it was a grocery store. So it's like liquid laundry detergent, like 45 cents. And then they like did put you, up a new grocery sign. Did you go running in there? I was like, like oh, there's a <laughs> fucking deal. And, and, and then they wouldn't serve me because it was the 70s. Uh, um, I think that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> but it was cool seeing them set that all up. And it, I'll probably try to hit it again on the way out to see. Well, it's probably more along now. But also just like watching just what goes into 
putting these things together. There were yeah. so many trucks full of just things, mm-hmm. uh, people building things on the fly, um, just boxes of like that were labeled like wigs and rings and <laughs> oh. sunglasses to like get people in the style of the time. How you did not just run off with that wig box. <laughs> <laughs> your birth- it's already been your birthday, Jason. I feel like you don't even know me. I have a 10th anniversary coming up. <laughs> it would have been the perfect diamond decade anniversary present, a box of wigs. From a 70s San Francisco movie set. <laughs> that would have been... Well, I can hit it on the way back. Thank you. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, did you live here when Milk was filmed? I didn't. It was filmed okay. the like the summer before I moved here. Okay. But I saw photos that uh, other friends of ours had posted of like old cars down in the Castro and stuff. Oh, yeah. It was. Yeah, no, we were here for that. We were extras in Milk. And it, oh. and it was like... It took, it took the, it turned the entire Castro into a movie set. It was the coolest thing. Like that main two-block stretch mm-hmm. on Castro between... Um, you know, between Market and like 19th mm-hmm. was just taken over every single storefront. That's actually, they restored the Castro Theater exterior. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it did not look nearly as nice. Oh. <laughs> um, like, you know, right before the shoot. And then as part of the shoot, they were like, well, if you want to use this location, how about you fix this up a little? <laughs> and so they did. Uh, so, but no, it was so cool. The funny thing was we were, we were extras during one of the scenes where Sean Penn is like giving this huge speech and he's angry. Mm-hmm. And it was like after some verdict came through and he was like, are you angry? Because I'm angry. So we're all staying there screaming and like they're, they're filming it right next to the Castro Muni station exit, yeah. which they have not blocked off. Oh, no. And so, like, <laughs> Sean Penn's right there giving what turned out to be an Oscar-winning performance, and there's just, like, angry commuters streaming out <laughs> alongside, like, what the fuck is this? I'm just trying to go home. But it's, like, not in the scene? It gets yeah, no, you can't shot. see them. No, you can't see them, nor can you see us. Oh, were um, you, like, in oh, costume? Well, they, they, this is how we should have known you would never see us. I think we were only there to fill out um, the crowd scene so they wouldn't have to use CG to make it look like there were more crowds. Oh. So we weren't, like, featured extras. Mm-hmm. We were not put in wardrobe. They, like, suggested, like, oh, come in 70s apparel. But they did not, like, turn people away. They were, what like, did you wear? God, I probably had some, like, weird, ugly green print uh, shirt. <laughs> uh, so you tried. Yeah, so I, I made some effort. Uh, but yeah, no, I, but, but Joshua was actually a featured extra as Peaches. Oh. So you can see when you watch Milk, you do see Peaches Christ right up front in those protest scenes. That's cool. Yes. Uh, so, but not One means... point Joshua, minus point Jason. <laughs> yep. I'm always on the negative. And, uh, I, we even had friends who tried being sneaky about it and like running through the crowd every time they would yell action to like <laughs> have the eye draw to them. Somehow you still don't even see that. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's possible that they actually still use CG and just like replicate the front row over and over and over <laughs> again to like block all of us fucks out of it. So, uh, but yeah, that was, that was a hoot. That's cool. Hoot and a half. They don't film. I mean, you don't see that that often around here. I somehow missed every single looking shoot, which, yeah. which it seems impossible because it was multiple seasons. And literally seemed like they filmed everywhere but in my own apartment. Like, <laughs> if they filmed in here, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I'm in the background, oh, now I've been realizing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you'd like see me just in the background, like going to the bathroom. <laughs> no idea they were even in here. So. They, a lot of people have posted signs that, like, they uh, they posted photos of the posted signs that were like, looking, like, looking is filming here, like, don't mm-hmm. park here these days right. and these days. Um, things like just around filmed 19th so early. in Guerrero, Valencia, that area. Yeah. And of course, Dolores Park. I mean, things just film at odd hours. It's probably what it comes down to. Yeah. Things yeah. film either really, really early or really, really late. Mm-hmm. And at all those times, I am in bed. So, <laughs> sorry, movie career. It's not going to happen. So that is what's up with us. Um, should we get on to the already made movies that we will review? Let's do it. Uh, let's start with um, this week's pick of the week, Captain America Civil War. Pick of the week. 
Pick of the week. Pick, pick, pick is the pick of the week. Political pressure mounts to install a system of accountability when the actions of the Avengers lead to collateral damage. This interference causes a rift between former allies, Captain America, and Iron Man. Captain, while a great many people see you as a hero, there are some who'd prefer the word vigilante. You've operated with unlimited power and no supervision. That's something the world can no longer tolerate. Um, so it has been, what, about two weeks since we last talked about a comic book movie, so it's definitely time for another one. I can't believe it took two weeks. Uh, I know, really. Um, what's on the hook of this one? It's uh, Is it about accountability? That sounds a lot like the Batman versus Superman um, theme. Yes. Yes, it is trending, for sure, uh, this year <laughs> in these movies. And not just this year. I mean, going back to Nolan's Dark Knight movies, you know, mm. they would always be like, the Batman's a vigilante. And, you know, like, oh, he's 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 abusing his, his powers and listening in to people's, you know, private things and whatever the fuck that last one was about. But relevant. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that that's it's it's once again that. And that's the thing's actually really interesting about this movie um, is that it is entirely about that. Like, it's entirely about the consequences of what they've done. So mm. it's sort of like. If you've watched all the other movies in these series and, you know, you see these, like, huge climactic battle scenes where entire cities are being laid to waste while they're, like, fighting some enormous, like, robot dragon or some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie is is sort of about the consequences of that. Like, this brings it way back down to the ground. Um, and it's like... So it's like they're doing filling out insurance paperwork and, like, <laughs> workman's comp claims and stuff like that. It's just all on hold with Oh, yeah, it's just so much adjusters. red tape. So much red tape they have to go through. Yeah, it's just, like, the Hulk sitting there with, like, little, like, glasses on trying to, like, follow along and... Um, just kidding, the Hulk's not in this. Uh, yeah, it's... it. No, it's about sort of the human toll. It's about, like, the fact that, like, there are civilian casualties in, mm-hmm. in these fights. And uh, and it's about sort of a, a rift that grows um, in the group because the last big battle in this whole world, this whole universe, um, had had a number of civilian casualties. And so now sort of the international community is like, we can't have you guys keep operating on this vigilante wavelength. Mm-hmm. Like you guys need to actually be put under, you know, under accountability of governments of the world and of the U.N., you know, you can't just right. keep doing whatever you want to do. It's because they were like the Hulk, or, uh, I guess the Hulk's not in this one, but no. they were sending each other racist texts and things like that, right? Yes, I and think it was so also now. that. They were like, you know, it was one thing whenever we thought you guys were, you know, down with the cause. <laughs> but now we see you're just another racist. And, you know, we're not cool with this. Sure, sure. We need you guys to be role models. Um, so, but yeah, they, uh, so they're like, and then there's just a, a huge rift that opens up in the group. Um, on the one hand, you have, captain america who's like it is my mission like i can't agree to be limited by you know what the international governments want me to do Mm -hmm. and on the other side you have iron man tony stark who is very touched whenever the mother of someone who he killed uh just innocent civilian who died in one of the battles confronts him the mother's played by alfrey woodard just one scene very good and um and so this kind of rifts opens up between them and then there's also a there is a, a a villain of sorts um who is kind of working to pit them further against each other and to open up more divides 
But this villain is entirely, completely human. So oh. this is not a movie where there's like no robot there's dragon. no robots, there's no aliens, there's no fucking tesseract, whatever that was. Um, there it's 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 really just it's sort of like a psychological piece. Like it, it's it's like a character piece. It's psychological. It's it's emotional. It's philosophical. Uh, there's there's just so many different pieces to this one, um, and uh, and it just it stands in pretty stark, no pun intended, contrast <laughs> to. Um, Batman versus Superman, for instance, which because that was more, it was just dumb. Uh, it was just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just dumb. Mm-hmm. It was just okay. poor. It was just poorly done. Uh, you know, it was uh, you know empty direction, nothing script. Um, you know, mismatched actors. Uh, this, uh, this, this is yeah. This is this is incredibly, incredibly well done. How much do you think this has to do with the the directing choice? So this is directed by the Anthony Anthony and uh, Joe Russo, the Russo brothers, mm-hmm. who are from Cleveland. Hey, I'm gonna put that there. Um, so they direct this. How do you think their vision changes? You know, the scene versus Nolan or Snyder. Uh, I I think that you know they they don't have as distinctive a style yet mm-hmm. uh you know it's not like oh well, that's classic russo i was talking to a colleague today at a screening and he was like oh well you know the russos do shaky cam and mm. uh which he brought up as a as a negative uh mm. i know i think people you're either one way or another on shaky cam it either like yeah. you either have no opinion at all on it and or you are like this is the ruination of my entire life as a movie watcher mm-hmm. i am the former i don't i don't mind it at all yeah um i think it does kind of give you that i remember when it first started to be a thing you know and mm. we were all like oh how cool it kind of makes you feel like you're in the action right um and then right away some asshole was like i feel sick you know and <laughs> so that was right there and then it's was not for the week the divide the divide sprung up so but uh you know i think these guys are great i don't think that they're trying to really put any particular personality stamp like as auteurs on it like mm. if they are i'm not sure what it is yet but it's not like you know zack snyder has a very distinct style christopher nolan has a very distinct style uh these guys i would say like they're you know they they're they're serious and solemn at least this movie is but without ever feeling like um Overly so, without feeling like it's wallowing. Yeah. <laughs> I think there, there was a fair bit of wallowing uh, in Nolan and in the Zack Snyder, uh, and this one doesn't do that. I think it's, it's it's pretty lean. Is it fun? It has some fun. It has like there the the movie's main bits of fun are sort of like these these offhand bits of these sort of offhand gags that are always about something very banal. Mm. Uh, just to you know, contrast that with like the huge weightiness of everything else that's going on. Right. Then there'll just be this offhanded, just banal joke. Uh, oh, I love and, that. And they, they always play really well. That's my favorite kind. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned this has it's like so it's Tony Stark on one side, Captain America on the other side, and then is the rest of the group divided? This has like the whole Avengers cast, right? It has almost the whole Avengers cast, and yes, they are all divided. Uh, it has uh, it. So you have. Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow. Wait a minute, isn't she also in another comic book movie? What are you thinking of, Lucy? Is she in X-Men? No. Was she ever in X-Men? No. Hmm. Is she are in you, another are, comic book movie? Are you thinking movie? of Rebecca Romaine again? Maybe. Yeah, I thought she was women. in X-Men. Uh, no, I don't think she was. I and mean, she was in Lucy, which feels like a comic book movie. Mm, no. Um, she was in Ghost World. That's based on a graphic novel. <laughs> no. No? You sure? No, I guess that's just me then. All right. Uh, so you have ScarJo playing the Black Widow. You have Elizabeth Olsen playing uh, the Scarlet Witch, and she and she and 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 Scarlett Johansson look very similar in certain ways in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like they have matching alabaster skin tones. They both have kind of like 
like you know sort of like maroon highlights <laughs> like they except for the differences with Olsen has like a kind of a wandering vague Russian accent that comes and goes and is only <laughs> mostly there when she hits her R's uh, you have I and mean, there's so many uh, you have uh, Don Cheadle plays Iron Man's number two uh, and uh, Anthony Mackie plays um, the Falcon uh, I'm just trying to remember who all is like back from previous movies god there's so many fucking people in this movie but then, um, but then the big thing is that there are two. There's one person who previously was only in their own movie and is in this movie, and that is Paul Rudd as Ant Man. Mm. So he shows up. That's weird. And it's it's a little weird to see him. You know, he is definitely the comic relief in this movie. When he shows up, you're like, ah, there mm-hmm. he is. And uh, and and the movie does not really ask you to take Ant Man seriously. Okay. Uh, I mean, he's a you know he's a player in the big climactic like sort of brawl between everybody that happens toward the end of the movie that's hinted at in all the trailers but uh but yeah he's mostly just there to be funny and there are the big ones are the two new ones right this is what i'm most excited about this is why i might actually take my plunge and watch my comic book movie yeah i'm very excited to see black panther black panther y'all he is here it's the first time we're seeing him and uh, he is played by Chadwick Boseman. And he's um, going to be playing him. No, we don't know yet who's going to no, be playing he, a movie. He's playing is in it? a movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't think they just put him in this movie. Like, I think that movie's already in, like, production. Oh, uh, okay. Um, with, that's going to be directed by Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler. So, yeah, and this was this was the first time that I, I was only familiar with Black Panther from, um, you know, seeing all the headlines that, oh, there's a Black Panther movie happening. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. So I knew nothing about the character. And my biggest shock... <laughs> You know, like this. My biggest shock whenever they introduced him was, wait, he's African? Yes. <laughs> I had no idea. I, w- and I was just surprised. I'm like, wait, are we're, we're building an entire, like, huge, like, blockbuster, multi-million dollar movie around somebody who's doing an African accent? That seems bold. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only been keeping up with Black Panther um, since the Ta-Nehisi Coates um, comic right. book revival. Uh-huh. So I read that. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I actually today just ordered the, uh, like, the what do you call it the graphic novel book series of mm. the 13 comics they came out in the 90s mm-hmm. but yeah it's wakanda is the country that he's from it's like yeah. a, a made-up country in africa that's never been colonized mm-hmm. um this is the only thing i know about comic books it's right here <laughs> listen to you <laughs> coming through with the deep knowledge what can i say but the, who's the other person Spurderman? <laughs> i'm not familiar Spurderman? with that one well let me talk about black panther for a second so um as 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 awesome as i you know as awesome as i felt it was to like cool awesome there he is black panther this could be fantastic when he shows up in his black panther suit i couldn't help but get catwoman vibes oh just because it's another skin tight black cat suit for lack of a better word he has the little Uh. cat ears and there's something about (laughs) having somebody who has like claws and is like you know like (laughs) it just can't help but seem really femme to me (laughs) so like i couldn't take him seriously when he's like standing there with his like gleaming talons like (sighs) you know so it's not like a it's not actually like a panther it's more like a keanu uh (laughs) well he has i mean he has like these you know he just has like he has claws you know he has you can have like wolverine claws oh no they're no they're not wolverine claws 
No, okay. they, they're they're like they're like French tip claws. <laughs> like, these are not. So they have yeah, the little protective tips so he doesn't scratch the couch. Yes, exactly. Yes, they just put tape on him, and he's like, no. Nah. Uh, kitten mittens. Kitten mittens. Yeah. Uh, so I had a hard time because, and he also, you know, so it's a black hat suit. It has like little bits of kind of like steel and and staples on it, and that also was giving me. Catwoman, Batman Returns vibes. Oh wow, Halle Berry or no Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer? Yeah, no, it gave me full Michelle Pfeiffer vibes. So I was, I had a hard time taking that seriously. Oh man, um, and I guess just because for whatever reason, cats are so, you know, they to me they seem so feminized. So it's hard, it's hard to see, you know, take this like this this really strong, tough superhero dude seriously when he has like cat ears and claws. Mm. So I had a hard time with that. That's that was an interesting. I mean, cause it's an interesting I, conundrum. You could see how it would translate, how you could make it be more fierce mm-hmm. and not like fierce, but like fierce. <laughs> And it seems like a, a direction mis, misguiding. Yeah. Instead, right? it was the first fierce. It was the yas fierce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so you might get a few yasses looking at this Black Panther <laughs> in this movie, but I feel like they might want to revisit the costume before his own movie. So is this what you're going to go as for Halloween? Yes, it'll be very, yes, with blackface and everything. Oh, great. So, yeah, I mean, you can count on me, obviously. So, <laughs> um, I'm going to be the first to Instagram shame you. <laughs> Thank you. I need the, I need the followers. <laughs> I know. Yes, we'll, we'll have our big Hall- our annual Halloween feud on social media. Yes. Just get to keep the kids coming in for the for the fireworks. So yeah, and then we also have our is it our fourth Spider Man or third? No idea. Tony so Tony McGuire, Andrew Garfield. Was there one after Andrew Garfield, or is this the one after Andrew Garfield? I feel like there was someone else. Oh, I don't know. So anyway, we have Tom Holland playing Spider Man in this movie. Tom he's Ho- seven, right? He is. Yeah, he's about seven and a half, I think. No, he is nineteen. It turns out, and he photographs twelve um, <laughs> if he's a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he like we are they are really leaning into the idea of Spider-Man as like fumbling teenage boy in this movie okay um, Tom Holland actually was in The Impossible with Naomi Watts the tsunami movie oh yeah that was he good was, yeah he was the son he was like the elder son mm-hmm. and he's incredible in that movie that was terrifying that was what that's one of the most grueling movies. movies like that realistic and actually terrifying but that one was that's one of the most grueling movies anyone will ever see yeah it's a real shake him up so he was plucked from that to be made the new spider-man and he's definitely doing like the kind of simpsons awkward teen boy like oh, oh i don't know what's going on mr captain i don't, I don't know <laughs> like that's that's kind of that's 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 the what he's serving we are introduced to marissa tomei who is the new hot aunt may Mm. Uh, so that's fun. Always happy to see M Toe. Nope. <laughs> no, not gonna happen. Um, is that is this is this casting officially after last fuckable day? <laughs> no, because the her her fuckability is, is it comes into play. Oh, okay. Yeah. So no, this is not her last fuckable day. She's she's still riding high. She has not yet been uh, disqualified. I think it's because she's Italian. Mm, yeah. yeah, we age well. Yeah. Um, so speaking of which, how is this movie for race and gender diversity? So I think it's fantastic for race in particular. Uh, mm. You know, you have Don Cheadle, Anthony Mackie, and Chadwick Boseman all playing key roles. Any uh, Hispanic heroes yet? No? Just uh, wondering. Not not saying that. The... Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. N- um, no, I mean, Michael Pena was an Ant-Man, but they don't, they don't bring him into this mm, one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you have uh, two... Uh, you know, you have the Scarlet Witch and you have Black Widow. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would say that, you know, there's this, whenever they show them all kind of together at a table toward the beginning of the film, I was kind of looking on the table like, oh, well, you know, this is, this is, this is a good showing. Good job, movie. <laughs> so I think it, it checks out in that in that regard as well. OK, so you have this. There's 
Avengers situation going on. You have each of these characters have their own set of movies. Well, not each yeah. of them, but a lot of them do. Yeah. Um, and they all have kind of their own storyline, their own mythologies. Is it possible to keep track of, of, of all of them, how they converge? Are you getting confused? Yes, I was getting confused. Not if you're me, it's not possible. No, I was like, <laughs> now who is that? And now why is that happening? Like, I there were, there were whole characters I did not remember, even though I've seen... All of these movies, apparently I paid the least attention during the last Captain America movie, even though I remember watching and thinking, this is good. Yeah, you recommended it to me. Yeah, I was like, watch it. And then meanwhile, when they show the Winter Soldier, I'm like, what's Bam Margera doing in this movie? (laughs) Um, And then I realized it was Sebastian Stan playing the Winter Soldier. I was like, how do I not remember that at all? It's the name of the movie. And Um, then also there's the character Vision, um, Paul Bettany's character, like the red red face. I don't know. Like, I, I, I was like, who the fuck is that dude? I came home and I was like, Scott, who's Vision? And he's like, did did you watch the movie? I'm like, yeah. Like, I just know no clue. No clue at all. And then, like, Elizabeth Olsen's there. And I'm like, where's her brother? And I remember, like, oh, he died at the end of Age of Ultron. And is that an Avengers movie? Yeah. Okay. Avengers 2, Age of Ultron. It's not called Avengers 2, but it's the second one. So when you put this up on the blog, can you put a list of movies you have to watch in order to, oh, to get God. this movie? I mean, oh, man. It would be like all the Iron Mans, all the Captain America, really? Ant-Man, both Avengers movies. You can't just jump into this one. Uh, I mean, at least you don't have to watch the Thors um, because there's no Thor in this one. Cool. Um, although they might reference some of the fights. I don't know. Uh, it's really, it's 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 challenging. Uh, I, I, and I think that the way that they're doing these movies, and I guess I kind of appreciate this, like they're assuming a certain intense interest and level of attention being paid by the fan base the Mm fanboys and fangirls who love this shit so they're not really dumbing it down like they're like we know that people will hold us to a really high standard and we are going to come through and give them something that's like what they want that gives us something to chew on that like rewards all their endless kind of online chatter about like well what's this going to be and how they're going to do this so that's great. Yeah, but, I mean, but it would for be the tiresome to have to like sort of rehash all that every time. And, and... yeah, previously on, it would be nice to have a previously on. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at a previously on. But for the layperson, it's a lot to keep up with. And I, yeah, I was, I was struggling a few times during this movie. I was just like, just, I'm just, I'm just gonna pretend this is by itself and just take it for what I'm seeing right now on the screen. And even so, what's the pick of the week? Um, yeah. Is it because it mixes drama and action? It's well acted it's just incredibly well done uh i mean this is this is this movie has been sort of declared near universally the best marvel movie yet oh um it has like a crazy high like 97 percent rating or something on rotten tomatoes uh like this is this is this is this might be the new kind of standard bearer for comic book movies and um and for me a big part of it is that it just has a a surprising amount of like emotional intellectual texture to it Mm mm-hmm um, and it is not about some supernatural paranormal force. It is about people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, even though that, you know, some of these people have mutant abilities, uh, it's still ultimately about, you know, like discussions around responsibility and around consequence. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very powerful. Um, so, you know, it's the kind of thing where watching it, I was like, you know, it's not. It's, it could be more fun. I still think Joss Whedon's first Avengers movie was like the height of fun for mm-hmm. these movies. I think that's the gold standard for how much fun you can have. Um, but that was kind of the first time they were all together in one movie. Mm-hmm. Like up until that point, they'd really been very siloed. And uh, but now this many movies in, like you know, you need to have a, just have more gravity to it. And yeah. this has gravity to it. Uh, 
but it also has a lot of action. Well, that sounds like fun. Uh, Captain America Civil War is out now, and it's rated PG-13. We only have one other movie this week, and that movie is Viva. Jesus does makeup for a troupe of drag performers in Havana, but dreams of being a performer himself. When he finally gets his chance to be on stage, a stranger from his past confronts him and turns his world around. So I think both for both of us, this movie wasn't what we expected it to be. No. For me, I thought it was going to be kind of sort of tired. Um, look at like drag society and be kind of campy and like like very fluffy and it ended up being a lot more serious and um a lot more beautiful than i thought it was going to be Mm. um really well acted um so i was i was very pleasantly surprised Hmm. how about you um i (laughs) i had the same um switcheroo reaction except for i was i excited to see like a campy tired piece of drag (laughs) and i was disappointed that it was actually so serious oh really yes interesting (laughs) yeah yeah no i mean i thought you know i i was like i saw that it's called viva and it's about like a cuban hairdresser who tries to become a drag queen i'm like you were picturing like the birdcage i I wasn't picturing the birdcage i'm not a straight person who watches gay movies but (laughs) You know, I was picturing, you know, just like some kind of Almodovar movie or something, mm-hmm. you know, especially the first scene in the movie. I'm like, good. So far, so good. Uh, you know, I see like, you know, drag queens in a dressing room rapidly speaking Spanish at one another. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so far, so Pedro. Um, but that is not what I was in for in the slightest. Uh, so, and that was, that was a bit of a letdown. Oh, no. I was like, how do you make drag not fun? Yeah, you put it in the real world. Apparently. Jeez. Sometimes real world drag isn't all fun and games. Are you going to school me on drag now? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is, was this a subplot on Night Terrors? <laughs> <laughs> Bring like, it back. There's a character on Night Terrors who descended into the drag underworld of, of Chile. It's a quality show. Yes. <laughs> um, so this is... <laughs> This is kind of a uh, coming-of-age story, and it's also just a story about terrible timing. The worst timing. I mean... So we have a story here that's about a young man. He's I don't know how old he's supposed to be. Like my guess 18, is 19. 19? Like, looks uh, 15. I mean, yeah, I mean he, he, yeah, he looks young. Um, he's supposed to, I don't think he's supposed to be over 20. In any event, he's, no. a, he's a teenager, and I think even if he is underage, then that would be even more speaking to the very gritty mm. kind of mm-hmm. setting of this movie. And the gritty realities of, of street life in Havana. It's set in Havana, um, and it's it's definitely set in sort of rough and tumble areas of, of Havana. None of the characters have any money, and everyone's very desperate, and will do whatever it takes to make money. And even though I was still like, I wonder how much that would go for on Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, look at that balcony. <laughs> look at that roof. Terrible. <laughs> You're like, yeah, no, I need to find a way to make this Jason's fault. I'm having this thought. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we have this uh, this young hairdresser uh, who is kind of, you know, not super actualized. He's very quiet. He is on the periphery of everyone else's life. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the opening scenes, we see him doing um, styling the wigs for these drag queens at this drag club. Um, and then we see him get kicked out of his own apartment by his like sex crazed lady friend mm-hmm. who wants to keep borrowing it for hours at a time to bang some dude. And so he's just kind of on the periphery. And then he just kind of starts to think like, maybe I want to be a drag queen. And so just as 
just as he is like making his drag debut, or really the second time he does drag, mm-hmm. uh, suddenly his boxer ex-con father alcoholic alcoholic boxer ex-con father who had been in prison for his entire life who Mm -hmm. he had no real memories with that is the exact moment his father just shows up at the drag club and it does not go well and uh and so now suddenly just as he's like starting to find some kind of form of self-expression that he that resonates with him that makes him feel like he's opening up and becoming his full self his best self uh, living his truth, feeling his oats. Then there's his crazy father um, there being like, don't you fucking dare. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it's really, in some ways it feels like the archetypal like father versus son story for gay boys. Like, you oh, know, yeah. the ultimate battle of like masculine father versus feminine gay son. Mm-hmm. Because how much more mask for mask can you get right. than like this, this, this alcoholic hardened by prison pugilist Cuban dude. Exactly. Uh, And then... Who looks like the Cuban Michael Madsen, by the way. Yes. Yeah. He is definitely... He is definitely that dude. Yeah. And and then, on the other hand, we have this very gorgeous, fine-featured, like, little wisp of a twink Mm -hmm. uh, who looks a lot, actually, like Michael Willett from GBF and Faking It, Mm. I thought. And uh, and so, it's just bad, bad timing. (laughs) Yeah, it's... And I was like, "Oh, girl." So yeah, it's really, it's really just about how how timing could not be worse uh, in life sometimes. Yeah. So his father shows back up in his life and is really just kind of a, an albatross. Like he doesn't bring any food, any money. This kid's no. been figuring it out for himself he's since been... he's a his mother died. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been basically an orphan. And now his father father comes back in and like asks to know where he's going, starts setting rules, he can't do drag, and he also doesn't bring anything in. So this mm-hmm. kid's life is just really kind of thrown for a loop just when he thought he was figuring himself out. Yeah, you want to talk about deadbeat dads. Oh, uh, yeah. This guy is a real, yeah, just millstone around his son's neck. Um, so a lot of our listeners are probably fans of RuPaul's Drag Race, I mm-hmm. assume. Um, maybe some? A lot? I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's a lot of them? Uh, I mean, I would like to think that most of my friends watch that show. Mm, okay. Um, and that's the the standard for what drag is, right? For better and worse. So explain this movie to me in, in drag race terms. <laughs> Tell it to me. And I won't understand. Right. Tell it to me in drag race. Uh, okay. So you guys know how on drag race that there every season are a handful of queens that are from like the Dominican or Puerto Rico. And they and we're always like, where do they even come from? This is like an origin story for one of those girls. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, and uh, and they always have their sob stories about what happened to them before they, you know, in their long, horrible journey to get to America. This is one of those sob stories. This movie is like beginning to end a sob story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a tale of immense hardship. It's a tale of, of survival. It's a tale of abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is basically one of those girls um, like breaking down to Rue and telling her, you know, like some of the horrors they experienced in their homeland before they came here and overcame all that to be a reality show contestant. But uh, there's that feat, there's that angle of it. And in, in terms of how is Viva, Viva is, is, is Jesus' uh, drag name. Mm-hmm. And so Viva as a drag queen, it definitely is, there's like a wake up Pearl kind of vibe to it. Um, because like she is gorgeous as like when there's the first scene that you see Jesus put on any lipstick automatically, his face is like transformed. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh, like she pretty. 
And uh, <laughs> and uh, and so yeah, I mean, she makes a gorgeous girl. And one of the things that actually doesn't work in the movie is whenever she first comes out wearing like the full wearing a wearing a dress and full makeup and a wig. And there's all these, like, just hatchet-faced queens sitting around, and they're like, oh, you're so ugly! And it's like, okay, like, if this is where the movie needs us to believe that, like, that's not believable, because mm. that's a gorgeous, gorgeous girl. This beautiful boy makes a very pretty girl. Um, so, yeah, so she's a real pearl, in the sense that she looks model gorgeous um, the second she puts on even a little bit of makeup, but that she is, in her performances, very remote and distant emotionally. And um, and so the movie is also, in addition to being a sob story, it's also sort of a story about um, a person who goes on a journey about what it takes to have greater passion in your drag performances. <laughs> because she has one at the end that is just yeah. spine tingling. Um, yeah, definitely. A full on, and I'm telling you I'm not going type moment. Uh, it's very, very powerful. I feel like what my one criticism of the movie is that it's so it's in Spanish and it's subtitled. Um, but the songs that um, that they sing in drag aren't subtitled and mm-hmm. they're not familiar. So I feel like they're probably like there's that part where there's like this kind of big yes. um, scene at the end. There's there are other parts that are kind of uh, it feels like you're supposed to understand mm-hmm. they're having a moment. But because you don't right. get the lyrics at the bottom of the screen, you, you miss yes. a little bit of what that moment is. And Rebecca, contrary to the assumptions of many Taqueria employees over the years, does not actually speak Spanish. No, I don't. No. <laughs> So was not keeping up with those lyrics Did either. Did not. Could not even ask her what they were saying. Speaking of people who don't speak Spanish, this movie was made by a bunch of Irish folk. Yeah. It was directed and written. Uh, what, how did this happen? It's a good question. Um, I should have done some research and figured out why. I think that, you know, it just, just so happened that they wanted to make this movie and they wanted to have it. I mean, it's not unheard of for filmmakers to make movies in in countries and languages other than their own. So mm-hmm, I think it's true. just it's just not so. It seems unusual. I think just because it's an Irish filmmaker going to Cuba. Yeah, uh, I don't like, know that that's um, happened before. It's like when something doesn't go through America, you're confused. You're like, yeah, I understand like, what Tex-Mex is, but like, what there's Irish in Mexican food? I don't understand that combination. No comprende. Uh, so yeah, it's, 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 it's surprising. Um, and you know, but very well done. And I think that it does have that kind of Irish melancholy to it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like the fact that there's like father son conflict and there's a lot of drinking. There's a lot of sadness about the drinking Mm -hmm. feels very Irish. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. David, let me know if that's, uh, incorrect. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so it has that kind of, you know, hashtag Irish vibes to it. Um, you feel like a, you feel like a performance of Danny Boy would not be out of place um, by the time that it, it ends. could have been. I wouldn't have even known it's have been in Spanish. Um, the uh, director of photography, Cathal Waters, is also Irish, and I feel like that was he just like was like, "Whoa, it is not Ireland. It's beautiful here. Let's take advantage of it and shoot everything." You saying that Ireland is not beautiful? I don't know. Um, lush green valleys. I mean, I feel like it's always gray, right? And here yeah, it's like maybe. I mean, Sing Street was kind of great, I guess. <laughs> this movie was gorgeous. So many scenes of them just sitting together um, looked like paintings. Uh, mm. They were framed really well. The color is gorgeous. It actually won the the, the DP one um, an IFTA, I think it's pronounced, it's which Irish is like the Film Irish and Television mm-hmm. Association Academy Academy, mm. which was in April. It was like just like two weeks ago. Weird that it wasn't reported more. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares when he won the, if- won the oh, IFTA this year. Sorry, they're like, a BAFTA? No, an IFTA. <laughs> like, it sounds like a joke. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's like, you just picture Jenna Maroney being like, well, as an IFTA nominee. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I, I, I got it instead of he got it. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I want an IFTA, a Grammy. You get it. And this is also Ireland's official entry for best foreign language film. Yeah, yeah. For this past year, uh, it was uh, in the running along with uh, the winner, Son of Saul and Mustang mm-hmm. and, and Embrace the Serpent and all the other movies that we did see that were nominated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was Ireland's submission, which it must have just confused the Academy. <laughs> Be like, this is a Cuban movie. Nice try, Ireland. <laughs> Crazy, crazy Irishman. Um, so you, we recently saw the movie You're Killing Me, and you read the book by the author, um, Jeffrey Self. Yes. Um, and this kind of reminded you of that? It did. So Jeffrey Self um, just wrote a young adult novel called Drag Teen. And uh, and it is sort of, a, it's like a lighthearted American romp version of this same story. Okay. Uh, we have like an insecure teenage boy, gay boy in Florida, um and uh he is kind of just goes on this journey of self-actualization and empowerment that corresponds with him kind of coming more and more into his own as an aspiring budding drag queen Mm -hmm. uh so they're sort of interesting companions um this and that if anything i mean like viva probably makes jeffrey's book seem much more american entitled (laughs) like (laughs) like this is what passes for struggle in america and then we see this boy and what he has to go through in this movie to make ends meet very different mm. um, but both valid stories and uh, so and after watching Viva yeah if you need a if you need a sort of an aperitif uh, to <laughs> to help it all uh, go down easier then uh, yeah Drag Team by Jeffrey Self is a, a really uh, fun light uh, read about the same subject matter big question here Jason what are you giving this movie you know I would say consume moderation um, I guess just because I felt like you know it's really well done I think it kind of, um, so it was actually, I watched it today before we recorded, and it is the second movie I watched today, and the first movie I watched today, which we'll review in a later episode, it's called A Bigger Splash, starring Tilda Swinton Mm -hmm. and Ray Fiennes, blew me away. And so I think the fact that I had just seen a movie that really, really, that I felt I really connected with, and it it set the bar too high, Mm. and then watching this one, I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, like, this is, this is kind of a very much more muted kind of a downer uh you know <laughs> i i thought it was i mean it is a downer yeah it is a downer um you know so uh yeah so i think that you know watching it i was like okay well this is this is not as fun as i thought it was going to be so mm-hmm. i think it was a combination of having just seen a great movie and and then just having expectations of it being something much something that have some kind of camp value some kind of fun mm-hmm. it has neither um it's a very natural it's, it's melodramatic but it's also very naturalistic and very, you know, kind of, you know, kitchen sink realism. And because, mm-hmm. you know, cause so even though it's, you know, Cuban, it's, you know, sort of filmmakers from the UK. So it kind of has that kitchen sink realism vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so it was just, it just wasn't the the, the delight I was hoping it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, I mean, if I was giving it like, so I would probably say like consume plus. Yeah. Um, is where I would probably land with that one. Like it's, it's really, it's a beautifully sensitive um tender-hearted movie that that you know it has a lot about it that i admire but um but yeah i just i i was hoping i was hoping i was like oh this is gonna be the pick of the week no question yeah um and then watching it i was like oh i don't think it is so mm-hmm. but um anyway what'd you think um i would go so i'm you know i kind of go with um binge it being reserved for like call off work tomorrow and go see this movie like this is going to change your life mm-hmm. and I don't think it's quite that I do think for our audiences who um, maybe are more Rebecca like and don't like things that are necessarily campy and like mm-hmm. things that are a little bit more serious 
um, that are also really well acted, very beautiful. Um, they have it has a lot of heart to it in a way that isn't cheesy. Yeah, it does. Um, it's going to be a low binge it, high consume plus. Definitely consume plus. Yes. Yeah, Again, I don't think you should you know call off work and go see it, but I definitely no. think you should you should see it. If you're a, if you're hashtag Team Rebecca hashtag in your in Rebecca. your in your preferences, and and I think if we're going to talk about like how we qualify binge it's like I don't. Like, my binge it is not saying call off work and go see it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just saying, like, this is... I guess it's, it's it's weird when you start talking back and forth about, like, well, how do you define it in your head? How do you define it in your head? Yeah. So I'll just say, like, for me, like, when I say binge it, I'm not saying call off work and go see it. I'm just saying that I think of the three ratings that it's, like, it's, it deserves the highest one. So don't call off work and go see Captain America, for God's sake. <laughs> don't do it. That'd be fucking stupid. I also I also save a lot of binges for like things that must be seen in the theater. Yeah, which might be a Captain America thing, or do you think that's fine yeah. to see on your television? No, I mean like it's it's uh, this isn't we didn't get to talk about this very much earlier, but like the fight scenes are unbelievable. Yeah, like the editing, the sound effects, like it's for like maximum like whiz bang crunching intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the very first huge fight scene. Um, ends and cuts abruptly to Hope Davis playing the piano while wearing pearls. So oh. I was like, now we're talking. <laughs> it's your kind of movie. It's my kind of action. Um, so Viva is out now and it's rated R for language, sexual content, and brief, very graphic nudity. And that's it. Those are the movies we had this week. And guess what? Mm. We're not going to be here next week. Our first week. Actually, no, not our first week off. We took off a week we on the holidays. For holidays. So yeah, next week, guys, we're not going to have a new episode. Um, it's just a number of scheduling conflicts have come up. Um, and isn't it just kind of like a bunch of duds? Yeah, it's kind of, it's not a big week. Like Everyone's waiting to start releasing all their movies at the end of May for Memorial Day to kick off summer movie season. Uh-huh. And also no one wants to release anything in the wake of Captain America. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, so there's also that. Uh, we would also remind you that The Meddler opens in more cities um, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once again, check your local listings and see if The Meddler is open there. Um, I will also be uh, retweeting Lorene Scafaria's uh, updates about where you can see it. Uh, so if when Captain America is sold out, when you go to the theater and forget that you should have pre-ordered tickets, then check <laughs> if the meddler is playing. And if that's sold out, check out Keanu. Yes. And uh, next week, I think I am going to, I'm still going to try to see Money Monster. Mm. Um, and then I might actually just do an old-fashioned written review of it. Oh. Uh, so we'll see. For those of you who still know, know how to read yes. and not just listen to a podcast, I don't. <laughs> I've lost that. Yes, I actually may have forgotten how to write, so it's going to be a challenge. <laughs> I'm just going to have to do voice dictation. <laughs> Um, and if you do want to see those updates um, on Twitter, Jason is, is at the Jason Leroy, and I am at Fight Balance. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Music or Stitcher or SoundCloud. Um, and we will see you in two weeks. Bye. Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. You made it to the end. That's amazing. There, there goes, goes the, the binge. binge.